Why no one reads your tech blog and how to fix that? Written by Stephanie and Tiago from Hexdevs. You have a technical blog and you might have built it from scratch. You wrote a bunch of great tutorials. Your posts are perfect. You are a smart person and you want to show your developer expertise to everyone, right? There is only one problem. No one is reading what you write. Why? Do you really want to know the answer? It's going to hurt. Here it goes. No one cares about you. Ouch. That hurts. Well, it sucks, right? But hold on. It's not a bad thing. We do care about you and we are going to help you. To change anything, first we must understand the problem. So let's do that first and understand why the way that you write is not effective. Are you ready? Welcome to the Hexdevs Podcast, the podcast that helps you become an expert developer. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Thiago. And we are the hosts of the Hexdevs Podcast. On today's episode, we will talk about improving your writing skills. A few weeks ago, we watched this class called The Craft of Writing Effectively by Larry McKinney from the University of Chicago's writing program. I know we promised you an answer, but the best way to give you an explanation of why no one is reading your blog is to ask a question. Santiago, what do you do when you're reading something and it's really hard to understand or it's not relevant to you? Well, that's a great question. What do I do when I'm reading something complicated or not relevant? Hmm. Usually I slow down. Then I have to reread sentences or even entire paragraphs because it, it's hard to understand. Then I get confused and I get frustrated. But I only get to this point if I really need to read it. If I don't care about it or if it's not relevant, I just give up. That's probably what is happening in the reader's mind when they get to your blog. The class that Professor Larry teaches is targeted at academic experts that can't get their papers accepted. But the gems of this class apply to everyone who writes. If you write, you write so someone can read it, right? Professor Larry says that we write for two main reasons. The first one is to help us think, especially when we work with complex concepts. Writing helps with our thinking. There's nothing wrong with that. The other use of writing is to change the way the readers see the world. And that's the focus of the class and of this episode. I think that's a great point because when you need to think about something, it's usually very useful to write about it so it helps you think. But this type of writing can be very boring and very uninteresting to people. So that's probably why people don't read the blog posts because you're writing something that is not targeted at someone else. It's, target, it's targeted at you, right? 
When you write for someone to read, you have to stop thinking about rules and start thinking about readers. Your writing is not to communicate anything about you, it's to change the way your readers think. According to Larry, we've been trained in school and university to write essays. And that's true, that happened to me in the past. However, they are evaluated by rule-governed training. For example, texts needs to be clear, concise, persuasive, etc. That's usually what you learn in school, right? An essay or a post or any piece of content can be clear, can be new, can be original, but it, it still can be useless. We are trained to write in a way that makes it easier for teachers to see that we know what we are talking about because they need to grade you. You're writing for them so they can tell if you understand the concepts of the class or not, if you're going to pass or fail. They want to know that we have the required knowledge to pass the class. That's why we always try to explain things, you know? Especially when someone says, oh, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand what you're talking about. So we have this tendency of explaining things a lot. I've been trying to help developers write in the in a community that I participate in, and people are always asking, is this clear? Is this concise? Is this uh, interesting to you? I try to say this politely, but it's always hard to say, you shouldn't ask me. I'm not your, <laughs> I'm not your audience. Like I can give you, I can tell you, oh, this is clear. This is not clear. This is not persuasive. But if I don't understand it, it's probably because it's not for me and then my opinion doesn't matter. So the way they ask you for feedback is kind of similar to how we behave where when we are in school, right? You ask the teacher, hey, is this good? Is this concise? Is this clear? And then the teacher will tell you, oh, I don't understand this thing. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe explain it a little better. And so it's almost like people are still trying to get approval from a teacher when they write. But that's not the point. The goal of writing something is to help someone. So you should make sure that you're writing something for your readers, for your audience, and it must be useful for them. Yes, and it's easier said than done. We are going to explain more at the end of the episode how we, how you can change that. I think that what's most importantly now is to ask why did your teachers read what you wrote? Like, have you ever asked yourself this question? This is a great question because I think it was the best part of the, of the class. I asked myself, why do teachers read what I wrote in school? So when I was in college, I thought that teachers wanted to read my stuff because they wanted to make sure that I would be able to write valuable stuff to contribute to science or something like that. So Larry's answer to that question blew my mind. Larry says, because they were paid to care about you. They were paid to care. And this stopped the moment you left school. 
Larry says that we all have learned to write in a system where we are writing for readers that are paid to care about us. Basically, Larry says my favorite quote of the entire class. You have been trained for years to write garbage. I mean, <laughs> that was the best part of the class. But as we said at the beginning, we first need to understand what the problem is. And that's the problem. We have been writing for teachers that would say, oh yeah, you know this stuff. Now that you are writing for any other goals, no one is being paid to care about you anymore. How can we change that? Well, in real life, and for sure you feel the same way when you are reading other people's writing, everyone is more interested in solving their own problems or on being entertained. For example, have you ever stopped reading something just because it had typos or because the style was not conventionally and grammatically correct? I don't think so. I have read tons of stuff that were even grammatically incorrect, but I didn't care. I was reading because it was either entertaining me or it was teaching me something that I wanted to understand better. And this is also a liberating moment because lots of people that are not English native speakers, they ask all the time, oh, but I don't feel comfortable with my English skills. Honestly, that doesn't matter. It's, it's not what will make people read your stuff. You read it because it's relevant to you. In other terms, you pay with your time and attention. And in case you haven't actually understood this fully, time and attention are really precious currencies these days. Yeah, for sure. That happened to me too in the past. Many times I read a blog post or a tutorial that was very unclear. The, the writing was very bad, to be honest. It was pretty much garbage, but I really needed the information. And so I had to use that information to fix my problem. That's why I read it. Not because I wanted to, but I had to. Okay, so now that we understand the problem, now that we see that school failed us again, we need to learn how to fix this problem. So how can we fix that? So first of all, don't begin your writing with a definition or an explanation. And don't say, oh, this is important, read it. <laughs> you are writing to people who already know this stuff. They don't need you to explain anything. Rather, start with the problem. What is it about it that is important? Why should they care? Why should they dedicate their attention and the time to this problem? One of the easiest ways to get anyone's attention is to show that a problem is costing them time or money. If you say to someone, hey, this way of working or this way of living is costing you thousands of dollars per year or you, you could save 10 hours per week by not doing that, you will get their attention immediately. Once you get their attention, they will give you a chance. Why? Because you showed them that you might have something that is useful for them. 
if we can summarize that in a question is, does that inconsistency in their lifestyle or in the way that they work cost them anything? And that's what makes a, a piece of writing persuasive. Persuasion depends on what they doubt. Okay, so what you're saying is, instead of starting with a bunch of definitions and giving them a bunch of background knowledge about something, which they don't care, by the way, because they know this stuff already, you should start by showing them what they're doing wrong or what problem do they have, right? So in the introduction, show them, hey, you're doing this wrong, you have this problem. That makes a lot of sense because that grabs attention. So if I, if I told you, hey, Stephanie, the way you're building web applications is wrong, here's why. Or, when I, or if I said, hey, Stephanie, the way you're building your Rails application is wrong and it's costing you money, so here's a better way. You see how that's better? Because you're showing them the value that you're providing them, right? So it grabs the attention. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that helps me a lot is, you know, when you are reading a book and you are deciding if the book is for you, you have the back of the book promise, for example. And this is a genius idea from, I think, Amy Hoy. Um, she says, in, the, in everything that you're writing, put it very clear what the back of the book promise is and deliver that. So for example, you can write it just for yourself if that helps, but I actually put that in my posts because it helps me and the reader to understand what the post is going to be about. Not only helps the reader, but it helps you as well to keep your promise in mind so you don't start wandering into several ways to solve that which is probably too much for the reader. Yeah, that's a good point. And it also keeps you focused on the promise because you don't want to waste people's time, right? You want to write a post that provides value and you don't need to be rambling and explaining everything. You just deliver a fix and people will appreciate that. All right, so besides starting with the problem, the other important aspect of writing effectively is to learn the community's code. According to Larry, every community has its own code. What, what is this code? It's a set of words that communicates value to them. That's basically why, for example, when you are reading something about front-end and you are a back-end developer, you don't understand it very well because you don't belong to that community. So he says that if you want the readers to, to read what you write, you must use the words that they use. I think this is basically a, another version of using the jargon, right? Because every community has its jargon. And so if you know the words that they use, you can use that to create a words list with their code, and then you use that on your writing. When you learn the rules of a community, and that's why I think that you should be writing for an audience that you belongs to, another um, Amy Hoy tip, <laughs> it's because you will already have the insider, the insider 
knowledge of those rules. You won't have to learn that. But anyway, that's a good exercise, even if you just want to pay attention to how this audience that you want to write for talks. So learn their code, learn their rules, and use that on your writing. Now, we are not saying for you to just copy and paste things to, for you to start creating problems out of nowhere. It's going to be part of your job to understand the problems that your readers are going through. Something that you can apply today, for example, is let's say the last time that you had to search for something that you didn't know and you wanted to have a solution, write about that and help the next person that searched for that. Can you reply to someone that asked you a question in your work? The chances are if someone asked you because they're having a problem, other people are. And so you can use that as a way to start changing your mindset from, hey, look at this, this cool thing that I wrote because I'm awesome, to, hey, um, so you are having this problem. If you don't know how to solve this in a better way, you might be spending your whole day trying to fix this bug or, or something like that. Developers have a tendency to write about what they're learning because they think it's cool stuff, right? And the problem with that is that if you think something is cool, it doesn't mean other people care about it. Yeah. Like, why should I care about what do you think it's cool? It's basically what's going on in anyone's head when <laughs> you're showing them something that is cool for you. So by definition, the way you start writing effectively is getting out of your own head and putting yourself in the reader's mind. Anything that you write has the function to help them understand better something that they want to understand well. As long as you focus on that, people will start reading what you write. Okay, we know that this is a lot to take in and you have to spend some time digesting all of that information. But let me give you the top three takeaways from this conversation. Okay, so the first takeaway is writing has two main purposes. Writing helps you think. Writing has the purpose of changing your reader's mind. So it's not about the writer. It's not about you. It's about your readers. So when you're writing something, Always keep this in mind. What's in it for them? Why should they care about this? The second takeaway is know your readers. If you don't know your readers and if you don't know how they explain things and how they think and what kind of words they use, how they communicate and what kinds of words they use to communicate value, it's very unlikely that you're going to create a piece of content that is persuasive. Remember, no one cares about the insides of your head unless you pay them to do so. And the third takeaway is this. Study your audience. You have to learn their code and how they communicate. And a good way to do that is by creating a word list to use on your writing. So words that they often use to describe problems, to communicate value, and things like that. So always ask yourself, what do they read? 
What do they share? What do they enjoy? The answers are usually in front of you, so pay close attention. Next time you are reading anything, try noticing why you continue reading it. Or if you stopped, why you stopped. Pay attention to how they write and how they bring new ideas to you. I wanted to share an example that just happened to me recently. I have been reading some papers, like academic papers that are clearly not written for me. So I had a, a hard time reading it. However, I continue reading it because I needed the information in there. And I just loved how they started the paper. Open quotes. Learning in educational settings emphasizes the declarative and procedural knowledge. Studies of expertise, however, point to other crucial components of learning, especially improvements produced by experience in the extraction of information. Perceptual learning. This is a paper about perceptual learning and mathematics teaching. And basically, they started saying, hey, so you know this thing that you have been using to teach people? That's not what experts do. Do you really want to know more about how to create experts? <laughs> I just love this uh, introduction. Do you see how they basically said, what you're doing is wrong. If you want to change that and actually teach people how to become experts, then you really need to read about perceptual learning. Did you see how meta this exercise was? <laughs> For sure, you don't need to do that on academic papers. That is a great example because you can clearly see how they tell other experts that what they're doing is wrong and they don't need to explain a bunch of stuff. They use the jargon, they use the words that the experts also use. But the paper is politely saying, hey, experts, you're wrong. And here's a better way to do this stuff, right? Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, the key is to say it in the words that they use. That's why it's important. Because if you just get there and say, oh, hey, you are wrong, no one likes that. But <laughs> if you instead use the words that they use, they will see that you understand them, that you belong to their community and that you have something that might be valuable to them. So this is also true when you're contributing to open source, right? Because when you want to contribute, you also have to study how people in the community write their code. You don't want to be the outsider that writes code in a way that doesn't match the way that the community writes code. So if you want to get your pull request accepted, it's usually a good idea to study other pull requests that were accepted before you and see how they communicate, how they talk about the problem, how they write the code, how the code looks like, because you want to match that. You, because you want your code to kind of match the, their style and you're talking to experts as well. So you want to, you want to be seen as someone that belongs to the community. So it's a good idea to study them and match their style, right? Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to come up with any ideas. Things are right there in front of you. You just have to study a little bit, be a little bit smarter. <laughs> we hope you are still with us. We tried digesting one hour and a half of this class from Professor Larry. 
I loved this class. I wish he was my grandfather because I would love to discuss with him like in a family dinner. <laughs> now, I know that it's painful to know the truth of why people don't read your stuff. But as Jesus said, the truth will set you free. I hope you feel that you're not alone because you're struggling with this. And, you know, at the end, once you understand what the problem is and you know that it's just a matter of learning how to write effectively, you will feel so much better because you will be writing to help someone. You get out of your own head and someone can use your work. It takes time, but keep going. Yeah, I certainly learned a lot about writing effectively. I hope you learned something new too. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate our show and share it with someone so we can reach more people and help them write more effectively. By the way, we are hosting a Tech Talk watch party on Saturday, July 24th. And the idea is to get a technical talk, watch together with all the developers, actually watch the tech talks that we have all been saying, yeah, I'll watch this talk one day. So we sit down, we watch them, and we have a very valuable discussion at the end. So if you would like to meet other developers and learn together, the link for the event is going to be in the description notes. So now that you've learned all of that, let's write some useful stuff and help more people. Thanks for listening.